I All got right. you. Are you ready for this? I'm fucking ready. Let's do it. Fuck yeah. Let's get ready to this. Welcome to another episode of the Low Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson. Let the fucking record horn beats go up. Yo. What's up? What's going on, guys? Today, we got a special guest in the building. He is the first homie that was introduced to the music scene, to the industry, and is one of the illest and realest person I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm so happy that I'm good friends with this motherfucker because this guy will be real as fuck with you, you know? <laughs> and it will tell you, yo, your music sucks. And I'm like, thank you. I'm going to do better now, motherfucker. Bro. Jesus, people are going to think I'm a fucking asshole now. No, but, you, <laughs> but you're the illest and the realest, you know? So we always, always gotta be always for my homies. Always, always brother. So I always wanna hype everybody up and tell everybody who the fuck I'm interviewed because they are very special to me. So you know, I love you too. Everybody man. Awesome. made some fucking noise for the one and only Chris Rose from Big and Slim. Let's go. <laughs> you already heard it, guys. You already heard where it came from. Big and Slim, bitch. Be before we begin, um, I'm eating edibles. Oh, that's uh, it's up. by Moonman. They're actually sponsoring us. So uh, if you want to get high off Delta Eight, uh, you know Moonman. You already to you heard by Wendy's. Brought to you by Wendy's. <laughs> you already heard What's it, guys. Up, if you guys want some of the edibles, you know where to reach. You know we'll drop a lot of link in the description down below, so everybody's who's interesting, guys. If you're gonna get some edibles, please make sure that you're legal to get them. <laughs> Well, I think uh, Delta 8 is uh, pretty legal in, in most states. I know they smell them as uh, smell. They sell them at some uh, smoke shops here in uh, in Miami. No, I mean, I mean, legal as if like you must be on your legal age. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, you yeah. guys be careful now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to <laughs> put it out like, you know, it's OK if you do your thing, guys, but make sure you're at your legal age. Don't don't no underage shit. I'm not be sponsoring. Safe. Always be safe. Always, Always be, be safe, safe, man. So. Dude, let's start shit's fun, bro. How are you, man? It's been a while since we've seen each other, you know? Last time it's been we, a long time. Last time we seen each other was at, you know, Ricky Schmier's, you know, oh, Grammy yeah. party. Nitty gritties. Yeah, that was awesome. That was fun, man. It was hot as shit that day, bro. God, I was sweating like a fucking animal, dude. Bro, and you were on <laughs> shorts. That's the wildest thing. Yeah, bro. But yeah, man, um, it has been a while. Uh, this corona shit, bro. I guess everybody, you know, brings it up. It's it really paused. Everything, bro. Everything, everything. Nah, bro. It, what Corona end up doing is like put the whole world stand still. It's a yeah. wild shit. You know, yesterday I actually saw a documentary on how the sports stood still when the whole pandemic and it was some wild shit. I was like, God damn, bro. It's like the moment when it all started from a basketball game and then everybody's like, you know, the whole you know, season is out. Yeah. And then Dude, it was crazy. It was it, to be honest, like at least for us, like we were starting to gain momentum after Forbidden Kingdom and stuff. And then we started releasing a shit ton of music and then boom, everything got canceled. And it, it's almost like it forces you or I mean, I guess psychologically, right? Let's right. talk psychological. Yeah. Because that it affects everybody differently. I think it, it kind of forced everyone, right? I mean, mm. to kind of like reinvent yourself a little bit, mm. right? Because you have so much time to like, think and analyze and then like your problems are right here you can't like you know go to party and fucking you know forget about it. no dude everything is shut down 
it's your head and whatever entertainment you have. So you had a couple of things during the the pandemic. You say you it was after Forbidden Kingdom and things were starting to look good, and then all of a sudden, yeah, man, we had like at least four shows booked, which I mean, it, it's it's decent, right? Um, and then it was people started to email us, and then everything just got canceled. So you know, kind of like when you're not playing shows, right? Like mm. for upcoming artists, it's just it weighs you down because you know it's it's hard to really. You know how it is, man. Coming up, if you don't really have that push from behind you, you got to do everything yourself. It's a challenge. I mean, it's doable, but, you know, it's a challenge. Right. Do you had any plans or were you, you know, financially okay when the whole shit, you know, when the way it started? Financially, I was okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fin well, obviously, the pandemic, you know, forced me to right. make certain investments that I wasn't ready to make. Mm. But, you know, it is what it is. Sometimes you got to, you know, you got to put the hard hat on and get to work. Uh, but financially, I've been okay. You know what I'm saying? Like ups and downs, like everybody. I work, right? I, I have a day job as well. Mm. You know, I'm not a fucking rock star yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, how about you? Were you still working during the pandemic? I was, thankfully, you know. I'm still am um, working. Yeah. I'm believing nice. that also. Everybody doesn't know where I work. You already know. I'm still work there, but I, at one given time, it didn't affect me much. Because, you know, they still, they tell me like, yo, you just have to work at home. It's like, all right, cool. But at that nice. time, I was like, bro, I'm a AV dude. Like I do, I set up stuff. I set up conferences, meetings. I set up, you know, speakers. Oh, That's my job, everything. bro. I'm, I'm the type of guy like, I want to do something. I, I'm setting up this. I'm doing that. If you put me on the chair, not doing anything. Estoy comiendo mierda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, basically, bro. Because it, and, I feel you, and I hate the fact. Like, I'm not. I wasn't complaining that I have a job, I'm getting paid, and just you know do IT support. But at the same time, I was like, bro, like, yeah, fuck, yeah, I miss, I miss my old life. Yeah, yeah. bro. Because I, at least I know I'm active. I was doing this, this, and that, you know. But same. I one thing I will say that I have to give thanks to the pandemic is that it. It brought me to this show. I, and I love it, bro. Honestly, I told you from day one, I was like, yo, this thing is going to be really cool. I, I, I want to be a part of it. How many fucking times did we reschedule this, man? Bro, I'm sorry. Behind, I'm sorry. The, <laughs> behind the scenes, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we've been rescheduling this since February? Yeah. March? Something like yeah. that? Something always happens, man. Always. And it's like every reschedule is like one after another, after another, after an hour. And then we let it out and then we tried again. And then, and then it was, just, we weren't ready. We weren't ready. Yeah. The universe wasn't ready for this to happen until today. So it was all a setup for the universe. The universe tell us like, now it's not the time. We'll let you know. Now it's the time. Now <laughs> the we're stars here. have lined up, bro. That's how we roll, bro. That's how we roll. Everything happens for a reason. You know, that's why I, I never get mad. See, here's the thing that you don't, you didn't know about this. I'm going to tell you some stuff. I'm going to expose some people. Okay, okay. You're the only one that I keep in touch with you to rescheduling over and over to make this shit happen. You're the only one. You know why? Because you didn't ghost me as many has already done. Never, bro. Never. Like, and, and that sucks. I'm sorry you, you go through that. That's fucking whack, bro. And, yeah. and, you know, it's like people that you already know, some of them are from here from the local city and others are from L.A. And you're like people that you know, people you work with. And, you know, like, 
you know, I don't ask much from you. I just want you to come to over you my show talk. and talk and just talk, yeah. have a conversation, man. And I think, you know, if I can, if I can say something like, go, for example, I've, I've enjoyed, you know, Biggison is five years old and I've enjoyed every uh, step. Right. Like, right. I don't know if there's like a measurement on what level you're at because mm. I mean, who the fuck, I mean, that's whatever, but like things like this, man, like an intimate setting with somebody I, I trust that somebody I've known for years, at least for me is, is amazing. Right. Because I mean, who do you want to talk to your friend or somebody who, who gonna barely set you, you up don't for some know? Yeah. 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 No, no, bro. It was just like that. I was like, Oh bro, that's how we are. We're not, we ghost each other or give me some lame ass excuse at the last minute. It's like, no, we can't do it. I was like, seriously, bro. Didn't you just have nitty gritty on here, bro? You doing things, man. Hey, that was a badass interview, bro. I was like, just sitting there and like, it was an interesting conversation. So shout out to nitty gritty. So you really, really fuck with it. I love it, man. I just, but but you guys had a lot of chemistry. I I, I really enjoyed watching you guys interact with each other. I think that that was cool. Thank you, bro. Bro, you're like the third person who's come up to me and say, yo, you did a killer job on the interview. You were very detailed. You got, you asked very good questions that actually gets a good answers, stuff that people would normally would not talk. And you're the first person who told me this. And I'm like, wow, bro. Like this makes me even happier. The fact that I'm heading in the right direction. Like hundred percent. Now I'm going this full throttle. Like fuck this, that I don't need to doubt myself anymore. Now it's like, this is it. This is the hit. This is where boom. we're taking shit. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. That's it, bro. That's it. And you know what? I reach hands. I reach hands to people to give that opportunity. It's like, hey, you know, I'm not asking you for donations or anything. I just want you to be part of it. If you don't want to be part of it, you missed the train, bro. Oye, like we say, bro, palapinga. Palapinga. <laughs> palapinga. For those of you who don't know, it means the hell with it in Spanish. Basically, bro. Basically, bro. And Hey, man. And sometimes I even do. I reach out to people that I normally do not want to reach out, but I do out of courtesy business wise. You know, hey, I'm trying to keep conversation with everybody. No filters. Uncensored. Let's go. Let's talk. Yes. Let's That's talk. what I like. You, you didn't hit me up and you were like, yo, bro, these are the things you can't talk about. And this is you can't say this. Right. Obviously, you know, we live in a world where you really have to be careful what you say mm-hmm. because you can offend anybody and you have to be mindful that everybody feels differently and you have to respect that you know what i'm saying and i guess that's something else i feel like some people uh that do this i think are doing really good at is that now there's a respect for everybody now Mm -hmm. right like before people can say shit just to be funny but now it's like you, you take under consideration that you know people are developing into becoming more of themselves right and and that's just a good thing to see from the younger generation so i don't know i just wanted to throw that out there respect is huge absolutely bro and it's one of the many things that you would need to have in this industry because this industry is an ugly ass motherfucker you know and when Mm -hmm. you're making business with people man there's gotta be some sort of level of respect with each other you know some some way in which we can make shit happen you know because once you lose that respect bro all bets are off, man. All bets are off, bro. And we've seen it. And we've seen oh. it. And it's sad. And it's sad, man. Because it's like, why is your, why do you, why must you be this way? You know, learn, you know, look around, pay attention. 
the world is changing, man. Mm-hmm. This ain't the same world that it was 10 years ago. Sure, not even the same world two years ago. So, I mean, I guess uh, in the industry, I feel like, obviously, I love it. You know, I have mixed emotions sometimes about it. I love that we can make music and that people like it and dance to it and relate to it. Or, you know, whatever it is that attracts people to our music. Like, I love it. It's awesome. Um, but at the same time, you know, at least the business aspect, you know, that's kind of like a, oof, a really touchy subject because you have yeah. to really be careful how you express yourself because like you got to walk on eggshells, right? Because mm. this industry is so cutthroat, man. Not only it's it like cutthroat, it's it's an unruling laws that nobody tells you until you fuck shit up. And then it's like, oh, OK, now I know I wasn't supposed to do that, you know? Yeah, it's like there's so many fans around that nobody tells you, and you had to figure that out on your own, on and the worst possible way. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is how you learn the hard way. But why is it? Why do we have to learn the hard way? Why can't there be somebody out there, you know, that can because be- they can't make money? Because they can't make money. And like, let's be honest, like nobody, and, and you know, to the business people, you know. I might get a finger or whatever, but like, let's be honest here, bro. If, if you're not making them money, I mean, basically in the rudest way possible, they ghost you or this and that. Right. Like, it's not like before, right? Like, I grew up, you know, watching bands and shit, and you watch them grow, and and like, there's always these promoters that believe in the band. Like, it's not even about that anymore, man. That's why you see the same lineups all the time. I mean, mm. shout out to everybody who 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 made it. You know, I'm not bitter at all. Like. Trust me, man, like I'm friends with a lot of those guys and I'm really happy. But at the same time, like I think the business changed where instead of discovering an artist, I feel like now everybody's kind of doing the same thing. And like, yeah, you, you see artists pop up here and there, but it's always like other artists that put them on. You know what I'm saying? I feel like um, the integrity of booking is not even so much about talent anymore. It's really about if you can sell tickets or not. If you got the pool, if you got the yeah. following, if you got the clicks, you know, if you got exactly. the people, you know, now it, it's so shitty because I started coming up when that movement was starting to come up. Mm-hmm. So I was like riding that wave at the same time. And it was kind of weird for me because I was like, shit, I need to like um, be on social media every fucking day, promote some yeah. shit just to get a traffic, just to get traffic, bro. Just to sell tickets, just to get some movement. So that way, you know, they can see like, oh, okay, we can we can book you for the show, you know, do this and do that. You know, I'm like but see to piggyback on that. Right. Because I'm not always going to just lean. I'm not going to be a hater. And blah, blah. Right. What I am going to say is on the flip side of that, as an artist, you need to understand that that's what it's become and you need to find a way in. Right. Mm, like yeah. a lot of a lot of people, especially that you and I know, man, they quit because this shit is hard. This ain't it for everybody. Mm-hmm. If you're not willing to get your heart broken a couple of times, this shit ain't for you, bro. For the few that get lucky and that doesn't happen. But let's be honest, bro. Let's be honest. You got to have this. Yeah. Thick, thick skin. skin. Thick skin. skin. That's all you got to do with this industry. And some one of the things that I've mentioned in previous episodes is like this industry is very brutal, bro. And you need to have a level of patience <laughs> to to do certain things, bro, because n- not everything is going to be like fall on you on your lap and be like, I bet now I'm the superstar. Like, no, nah. no, nah, it takes a lot of hard work. And I guess, you know, 
it, it goes without saying, you know, uh, with, with hard work and determination, you're going to get to where you want to go. It sounds cliche as fuck, but I mean, look, man, if this is what you really want, like I do, I mentioned before, it's been five years. I'm still hitting it like if this was day one. Right. You know, no matter how hard it gets, I realize the bullshit. I realize that there's things that we need to change that, you know, in order to get to the next level, we need to do. And I feel like that's all you can be in this industry. If you really want to make it, you kind of have to have that ton of vision. Ignore, oh, this guy's getting booked. Or, oh my God, this person doesn't deserve that. And, and then it becomes like, you start becoming a hater. And you're like, yo, this, I'm guilty of that, right? When you're not successful and you see others getting better than you. You know, when you're at your worst and you're, you're, you're down, mm. I mean... You see that and then like, you kind of drown in that. And then as an artist, right, I feel like once you learn how to channel that like mood, you start to like really have that ton of it, you know? And like, for example, I mean, look at you with this, you know, like no matter how many people ghosted you, I mean, you're fucking, you're talking to me and, and you're fucking dope as hell. So they're missing out. Dope. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, shit, you know, something I always say. Okay, when something doesn't come come my way, it's because something better is coming my way. Exactly. So those people who ghosted me and missed the train with me is like, all right, bet I'm not looking for you guys. Even if you're looking for me, exactly. I'll decide. I'll decide when I'm. I look for you. And when that happened, because I, you know, I was like, damn, I was down. That shit happens. Interview a YouTube content creator who has two hundred thousand followers. Nice. A filmmaker and a writer who does TV shows. And I'm interviewing on my next episode after this one. Again, That's because awesome. because he said that, yo, I had a great time talking to you in the last time. I want to do this again, but letting you know how's my show doing. I'm like, bro, let's go. It's doing awesome. It's doing awesome. I mean, I'm I'm having a great time. But um, so let's do something here. Let's yeah. address the elephant in the room. Sure, let's go. Let's go. How do you feel about like the genres and what's selling right now? Right. So mm. do you think, and I'm going to ask you a question right. like, when you, let's say you like a band and they're really, really hard mm -hmm. and then they start making, I guess, to you a little more commercial music mm. as a fan, do you miss their hard shit or are you interested in seeing where they go? And I guess my question to you is, are you the type that you're like, all right, whatever, it's time to find a new artist that does that genre, or are you willing to follow that artist and see how he progresses in certain genres? Like, what is your outlook on genres specifically, I guess, on bass, oh. music? All right, I'll give you a better example. Linkin Park. Okay. I've been a Linkin Park fan since day one, since the... Their unreleased tracks, their mixtapes, you know, when they finally released um, Hyper Fury, I was sixth grade. And I've been f following Linkin Park all the way to the end, you know. Even they went, even though my favorite style of Linkin Park was their old shit on their Hyper Fury, Meteora, shit like nice. that. that yeah, was, I remember those. Yeah, those were, those are, to me, those are legends, you know, those, those albums, you know. I, I fuck with it because I grew up with that. However... I'm not dismissing the their their later shit like the Midnight to Express, the the Thousand Suns, the fuck what was the other one that burn it to uh, burn it to the down um and the and the last one before Chester Bennington passed away you know rest in oh peace yeah that was very uh very 
electronic. So yeah. that, I really like where that was going. He was about to do some great yeah. stuff with that sound. So and t- if I'm a fan of a certain artist, I'm a foul deaf artist from from the beginning to the end, even though I feel like they change a little bit. But at the same time, I understand because you need to evolve. At a certain point, you cannot sound the same as you did in the original. And the reason why is because as an artist, you need to evolve yourself with your music. You sound you can have your same traits of how you started it, but you need to capitalize and evolve yourself into bigger and better things. You know, that stuff that mm-hmm. makes you, you know, whole and, and captivates others, you know, because you, one thing you have to understand as a fan, people will grow. Like probably the biggest fan of yours was probably a teenager. And by the time they reached their 25s, they're like, you know, listen, their priorities change. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They, they don't they don't listen to the same thing they used to listen when they were a teenager. Probably later on down the road, they'll be like, oh, my God, I remember when I used to fuck with with this and that. Oh, absolutely, man. But they're not going to follow it. They're, they got other stuff to follow. Same way with I- way how Skrillets did. I'm a huge Skrillex fan all the way. Even though I don't fuck a lot with his house shit because I feel like he deviated a lot from where he started. Nevertheless, I still respect the man of what he did and what style of stamp he left in the industry. Like Dude, he, made, he made dubstep. He created mainstream. the standard, bro. Yeah. He, it was the standard and probably still is him in Space Places. Right now, like sound-wise, those two guys have set the fucking standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like Somboy, Incision, Skrillex, yeah. those times, they left a mark of dubstep. You know, they make dubstep mainstream, at least mainstream in a sense for, that people will fuck with it. People don't know what the fuck it is. And they were like, oh, I fuck with this. I'm going to put this in the radio, you know? And it's funny that some stay, stay to their roots, like Somboy and Incision, they still stand with with dubstep because I believe they're like their target audience is still teenagers. So, so they always gotta be drawn to their masses through for those ages. However, but, but, it's, yeah, but hold on. But for example, I think I, maybe that was the case, but like now what I'm starting to see, right? Like with guys like Elenium, like mm. and even Excision collabing with him, like the oh. emotional music, which has been around even for the house days, but like in the bass scene, like it's starting to all come together, right? Like yeah. the, the super bass heads and like, you know, the the beautiful, I guess, chord. I don't even know what you call that genre, I guess. But I mean, Elenium sound, right? It, he's, I guess, melodic dubstep, basically. Melodic or just, dubstep. Yeah. There you go. Coming from a hard dubstep guy, you know, me and Slim have been doing this shit for right. a minute. And that's kind of what I want to say. I, I, I opened that conversation because um sim and i are going to go into a, a different direction mm. i mean we're still gonna be hard when we play and, right and all that but you're gonna start to hear a lot more genres from us that are not just that heavy you know in your face hard dubstep you know cartoon samples and brasses and sustained like sub you know like that that's yeah. dope right but it's been done over and over and over and it's like Andres and I, you know, for those that don't know, Andres is slim. slim, you know, um, Andres and I were like, listen, man, like we've gone through a lot of shit, right. To go back to the pandemic, like he and I both had, uh, a lot of 
losses, great, great losses. Mm. I struggled with mental health uh, mm. very deeply, very, very deeply, probably as deep as I've ever gone. And so did he. And I, you know, it, we would sit down and try to make bangers. And it was like, fuck, man, like, I don't know, man, I don't have the energy for this shit anymore. Like, I'm sad. Like, I'm not happy. Like, I'm very fucking down. And we were both like, okay, so let's write music that expresses that because mm-hmm. that's where we're at right now. Right. And that's what we did, man. We've been working with this uh, awesome, awesome, awesome vocalist called Wolf Trades from, from Miami. He's one of our closest friends. We've known him for years. He's really, really, really good. He, he has so much style to the way he delivers. So we wrote at least... 11 songs now mm. with him and they're all pretty much that emo melodic dubstep yeah and it, 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 there's some surprises and, and some unexpected stuff but again back to what this whole thing was about this whole conversation yeah man i, I feel like you I mean, have you to stay true like you, yeah, have, you have to you have to evolve have to. as an as an artist you have to evolve and i commend you and and many others who does this route. So like decision that he tried to do the Melada Dustle with Elenium and Wooly and others. You know, I beautiful, commend beautiful them. Beautiful music. They're like, it's good to express such beautiful music. Yes, because like, let's think about it. It's I remember this is something that you told Chavalo. Shout out to our boy Chavalo. Chavalo. You told Chavalo and Chavalo told me. And I feel like, damn, bro, that hit home. That hit home is like, Muse, it's not about all the time making bangers. Like music needs to have a soul. Soul. That's what I told him. You need to have <laughs> a soul because you know if you make a banger, you're like, okay, I made a banger. Like, dope. That's high five. High five. You know exactly. <laughs> now, if you make a song that you put your energy, your heart and soul into it, and makes it some amazing then that's next level that's when you know you've evolved into something bigger and better and now you can actually tackle more of that stuff you know now you can go even fuck with it even more because if anybody who's a big and slim fan they see how your trajectory started with hard style trap mm-hmm, yeah <laughs> to dubstep to emo style metal step to now where the direction is heading to melodic dubstep, it's, I feel like that's an amazing trajectory. Look how much you've evolved to the point that now, now any song that you made, it's not a banger. It's as as, as the song has meaning behind it. It has a soul. It has a soul, you know? And again, right? So you you mentioned that, you know, let's be honest here, man. The, The bass scene is getting really big. It's growing yeah. before our eyes. A lot of people didn't expect it to last this long. You remember back in the day, people hating yeah. on the bass heads. And look mm-hmm. at this, man. There's more dubstep festivals in the U.S. Mm-hmm. than there is anything else, or, or at least dubstep artists dominated, right? Yeah. And I feel like it, the scene is now growing. You know, it's kind of like back in the '80s. Like I tell, I tell people this all the time. Like it, it's a different type of, you know, like like the '90s was that like hard hip hop and you had like Wu-Tang and 50 Cent and, you know, on and on and on. I'm not going to sit here and name my favorite rappers, but, you know, it, it's the journey through music, like the electronic scene has just exploded, right? And there's so many subgenres, but now to like bring everything together, like everybody's doing, it's just awesome, right? In the production yeah. world, I'm very happy to see the amount of diversity there is 
And again, like we felt like we wanted to capitalize on what we were going through and remember, right? And, and, and have people understand like, yo, getting your heart broken sucks. You know that, but you can relate to this song because, hey, mm-hmm. like we're all human, right? We have the mm-hmm. same emotions. Uh, we have another song about suicide, you know, very, very light topic. And I don't like to talk about that too much, but it, it is that we've all, I mean, everybody's been down that road before if you mm-hmm. struggle with mental health and I'm not scared. Slim's not scared to admit it. You know, like we've been there. I mean, <laughs> well, it is what it is. Um, another song is called I Understand. Um, that song we wrote was more like, you know, we lost a lot of things and we were upset about a lot of things. And then you get to the point where you're tired of being upset because it takes so much energy away from you. And that's what that song is about. It's like, you know what, bro? Whatever, man. Fuck it. And there's the last song. It's called Forever. Uh, a song I, uh, I wrote uh, for my girlfriend. And, you know, Slim's girlfriend. And we just, we're both at that level where we're very much in love. And, and we want to talk about that, too. Absolutely. You, know? uh, you ever any, uh, any fuck-ups live? Oh, hold on, hold on. I'll tell you what. I've been DJing for over 15 years, bro. Like when it comes to fuck ups like that, it's very rare for me to do them because I'm so technical. I'm very technical and I'm very on cue, on point when it comes to these stuff. All right, man, I mean, I suck. Oh my God. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. But the first time that I've ever did a fuck up and I transitioned hard was was my first club that I ever performed in in Puerto Rico. It was my mm-hmm. first time getting into the nightlife scene. First time I was auditioning for a club. Oh shit. And I got wasted. Oh no. Been there. <laughs> uh, biggest mistake of my life. Mm. I got wasted and at the time I had virtual DJ. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you went way back to the beginning. I used that shit too, man. You didn't know how to how to fucking uh, mix, so you would fucking hit sync. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the problem was like stuff like that, plus m- me thinking that I'm mixing right, but I'm not actually. I'm like train wreck shit, and I think at that time. I really did not know what BPM was all about, to be honest. So I was just mixing a song that was like on 128 with a 90. And I tried to sync it off. Those kicks were just fucking running into each other. Oh, my God. That's fucked. That is fucked. So that is very embarrassing. And I was nervous the whole time. So for me to cope with my nervousness, I had to drink. And I got so oh, wasted. So it's like I did a horrible performance. But those are learning moments, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I can't even remember the last time me and, and Andre is like fucked up. Like after a while, you start to get the hang of it and you perfect right. your stage presence. Right. But don't, don't, man, you see, and, and that's something about the industry that I love, right? That the memories and that we everybody shares, whether it was me hitting the cue or Andres falling. Like we can laugh at that shit. Now you train like you can laugh at that shit because yeah. you're, a, you're at a place where you can look back and you're like, damn, I've come really fucking far. You know, 
And it's something that I'm learning, right? Like my girlfriend tells me all the time, like, oh, you got to give yourself credit. And it's like, as I mean, an artist, it's hard. As an artist, it's credit. hard for you to give yourself credit. Yes, yeah. as an artist. That's yeah. why sometimes subconsciously, we kind of seek validation from others and we don't tell them. But when they come up to you and they tell you and they give you that gratification and validation, you'll be like, whoa, you might be right. Yeah, I, I fuck with it. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. You know, thank you. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. I, I was thinking that I did the horrible shit ever, you know? Is it because we care so much? I mean, I feel like, you know, when you love this shit, you're, you're trying to be as perfect as possible. And like one small mistake will ruin everything. I dude. think it's, I think, yeah, it's some, it's some, it's an unnecessary pressure that we put ourselves, you know? And we don't mean yeah. to put it ourselves, but it's like you say, we, we try to be perfect as much as possible. You know, we want to get, we want to sell the show. We're not, we want to give the, the people what they want, you know? And then we feel like we fail our people if we don't deliver, you know? But again, you see, it's something that simple, right? Because like, obviously that becomes so second nature, like when you're mm. on stage and you know what to yeah. say, you know, what song really hypes everybody up or what edit really gets people singing. Yeah. I feel like that's the beauty. Like if I had uh, something to tell my younger self when I first started, Mm. stop being so scared just have fun right because instead of being up there and like enjoying it you're just like i'm working i have to get this right is this the right song are they gonna fuck with this next song whatever you know what i'm saying the genre change are they gonna fuck with it like instead dude now we just have fun man and it's like the best experience ever right let me actually give you this and let me ask you i'm gonna give you my so the question is what has been the best and funnest experience you've ever had in your entire life when it comes to, you know, doing these shows, right? Let me give you mine and then you'll answer yours so you can see like where I'm give trying to, to think. Yeah, give you time to think, you know? <laughs> but the best experience I've ever had in my damn life performing was when me, Chavalo, and DNA, we did a nasty back to back to back in my hometown of Puerto Rico on a nice. sold out festival. I remember sold that. Out. I remember that. Bro, I've never felt so alive. Like, and it was unplanned all the while. And mind you, the people that were that were putting it up, they were setting, they were shooting us to failure on main stage, on prime time. They were, they were setting yeah. us for failure. And we've, mind you, we never played with each other. We play, we play each other's openings. You know, I open for DNA. Or DNA open for me, or Chavalo open for DNA, DNA open Chavalo. But together. Yeah, but together. never together. So when we started with this back to back shit, and we said, all right, all right, you go, you go, I go, you go, you go, you go, you go, I go, like that. And everybody put us up. Everybody put us up. Let's all keep it to 150 the whole time. That was that was it. That was the only plan in all this. When we started, bro. Bangers, 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 to the point that we let loose. We were having so much fun because we were just like, oh, you try to outdo me? All right, all right, bang, bang, bang. Let me, let me, let me outdo you. Let me do you. Bam. Oh, I, I did you. Oh, shit. You're uh, trying to do me again. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And That's we were fun, just man. and we were just like going back to bed. And then every mighty was on the mic the whole time. And he was like, 
Mighty, give the mic to other people. Like, what the fuck, bro? I mean, that shit. <laughs> that shit the whole time. I'm like, Mikey, let me talk, bro. Let me talk. Hold on. Let me play this. Let me play my song. All right, everybody in Puerto Rico. Let's make some fucking noise. You ready? Are you fucking ready? <laughs> bro, it, it, it was nuts. The energy was there. It got to the point that some of the local DJs from Puerto Rico step in over. It's like, yo, can I play? It's like, fuck. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Bro, it was just a wild thing that it was prime time, mind you, prime time. And everybody was just going nuts over it, bro. By the time we were done, I swear I thought I blacked out. Mm -hmm. I blacked out because I was like, so what happened? What happened, bro? It's like, yo, we just killed it. Like when you're playing right, like I just feel like something else takes over. Yeah, bro. Yeah, that's some not, wild that's like, shit. I mean, yeah. And, and the and the thing is, is like my legs were wobbly. At oh any given God. time, my legs were just about to give up, and I was gonna fall so in the middle of the stage. Like it was just like that. And once we got off, we 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 left the stage to Megalodon, and Corey did his thing. And then as we were walking around, you know the the festival, people were pulling us left and right to take pictures with us. Because they were that's, like, dude, I love that, bro. Because I know some people think that's annoying, but that, I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. bro, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Funny story behind all of this. Kevin and I decided that we were going to go and pick up some boy for that show. And one of the main headliners, Kuhn, who shout out to him. He's a nasty hard style DJ. He was with his girlfriend with us at the time. And we were, and Kevin was just waiting for it to, to pick up the, the car. And while I was waiting with Kuhn and his girl, and we were just talking, all of a sudden, a group of kids were like, oh, shit, yo, can we take a picture? I'm like, all right, bro. All right, like, I'll take a picture for you guys. And so you could take a picture with Kuhn. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want to take a picture with you. I'm like, Nani? like what? <laughs> and, then, and then they gave the camera to Kuhn. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, shit, yeah, yo, dope, no problem. And I was like, oh my God. At that point, I felt like, yo, I'm sorry that that happened. I didn't, I didn't mean. <laughs> yeah, nah, that feels cool. I guess for me, and me and Slim talk about this all the time. Um, you remember, it was that Yellow Claw show. Oh. Man, oh. let me tell you what, what made that day so special. Let's go. Let's so, go. So about two weeks. They, they let us know two weeks before the show that like, yo, you're playing, uh, you know, pretty good time. I forget what time we play it, but it was, hey, cinema used to get packed, packed. Yeah. So we were like, man, this was like, you know, me and cinema have always like messed around with, with our, with our branding, you know, try shit out, see if it works. So at that time we had some shit called Kill em Gang mm. and we didn't know what it meant. It was just a bunch of us, you know, like got together, like DNA was a part of it. Uh, our homeboy, Dexter. Dexter. It was small little, you know, local shit. And then like a really big thing, like our, our logo and, and like, I guess our, our image was like aliens, right? So bro, we like, we're like, yo, okay, so how do we go out there in the craziest way possible? So we're like, okay, let's just write shit down. So one of the first ideas we came up with, like, you know, let's buy like a shit ton of inflatable aliens and i'm like okay cool so at the time i was just like so excited i ended up i didn't know the quantity right like right. that shit said 63 dollars, but it said a payment of 63 dollars four times so i didn't know really that at first yeah that's what it said i didn't see that i just saw a 63 i saw a shit ton of aliens and i'm like that's what we're getting 
bro, we ended up buying 120 blow of aliens, bro. And we're like, yo, what the fuck? Nani? Blue. Yeah, Nani. <laughs> so we blew most of them up. We're like, all right, we got a shit ton of these aliens. What are we going to do next? We got an American flag. Uh, we we like put an alien head on it, bro. Like we got merch and like we're like, yo, let's put a whole bunch of genres into this set, bro. Let's fucking go crazy. So we had like a playlist of like 135 tracks, uh, house, oh. art style, trap, dubstep, some tech house, literally everything. And dude, we went out there and through the fucking aliens, there was a sea of people, and it was like literally the first time that people I like, have ever really like a hundred percent like interacted and a- every transition they're owing and they're like reaching out to give you a high five. And I'm over here like, what? Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like surprise. And like, that was the real first time that I told Andres, I'm like, dude, like I want to do this shit forever. Like this, this mm-hmm. feeling is awesome. He, he feels the same way. And, and going back to people taking pictures, I've never had that before. And at that show, I think it was, probably the first time that I was walking to the bathroom because, you know, as soon as Yellow Claw came, you couldn't go to back to the green room. It's right. huge. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah, fuck yeah. yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and no, you can't enter. I just played. I don't give a fuck. Go outside. It's like, all right, well, like, well, fuck you, you know? So I went to the bathroom, the public bath, and as I'm walking, like, people are like, yo, 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 what's up, man? That was great. I'm like, oh, shit. Thanks, man. Yo, let's take some pictures. I'm like, oh, shit. Dude, what? All right. Fuck yeah. Me? You want to think, okay, fuck yeah. And then, like, I really think that that show really, ever since then, like, we've just been chasing that high that you get, right? From, and we've had mm. it, thankfully. But that was probably my, my favorite show, um, which I, we've had awesome shows like Minneapolis and stuff like that. But I think that was probably my favorite because it happened when we were, like, in the beginning stages. And, right. and you know, like, I mean, it's dope. I mean, I'll be honest with you. That was my first ever florida show anything outside of puerto rico that was my one first show yo Shit. you did hard i remember i blacked out again that was i mean that's the one i really blacked out for a moment because i did, i was just so nervous and i couldn't drink because i was so mainly focused and i was just oh like God. and mind you i'm trying to transition myself from djing on serato to djing on cdjs cdjs so i never touched cdjs well i I used to own a CDJ, but I never had a pair for me to actually mm. practice. It was all Serato at the time, you know? So that was my first time I did my, you know, my show, you know? And it was my first time doing a back-to-back as well, because that's another thing. Never done a back-to-back with my, ever in my life. And I can't say that that was my favorite show. It was my first one, but it's not my favorite. Because a lot of shit happened that day, you know, that it was just like unforeseen stuff that in no recollection I, I was ever part about it. But my name was flying left and right around it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on, yo? First off, the I couldn't get my parents in unless I actually had bought tickets. So that was like, oh, come on. My first show, seriously, I can't get my parents in. So it's like, all right, that's one thing I didn't like. All right, cool. I bought my parents the tickets out of my pocket, even though I'm the one selling the show and I'm opening, you know, fuck it. Second thing I didn't like, I'll be honest, I never planned for a back to back. I don't know why did a back to back ever happen. Um, It just happened. I just happened to be with them. I was like, all right, cool. Like, you know, it was my show. It was my show. Like I worked for this show, you know? You just kind of, at that moment, it felt like just kind of snuck in with me, you know, to get to Lucho. 
you know? So mm-hmm. that was another thing. Second thing, the set itself, it was scripted. Mm. You know, like it, it, it was pre-planned. I have no problem with pre-planned playlists that say like, all right, I'm thinking about playing this song from beginning to end. If you're a good DJ, you know you will have all your songs ready and you'll be like, all right, I can see where this is going. Yeah, cue points. And, yeah, cue you know, like, points. Yeah. There's no, I have nothing against it and I do this sometimes as well. But sometimes, you know, you have to read the crowd, you know? You have to know if you're if the points that you're playing is actually reading the crowd or is the crowd is going with it, you know? I never say this to anybody, but I like I said, dude, I've been DJing for many years. Like I know when when I'm doing things are right or long because I read the crowd and I know how to move the energy. That show, I felt like I did I wasn't reading the crowd because mm-hmm. probably of my nervousness and because of the pre-plan. Because it was basically he plays two tracks, I play two tracks, he plays two tracks, I play two tracks, he plays two tracks, I play two tracks, you know, and that and because I was in Serato mode, I didn't want to move that much because then, you know, I can fuck shit up. So I was already nervous about it. And then the third thing that, you know, that I'm pretty sure that was like the most important left. Let's save the best for last shit is the the flying shit about people talking smack about you guys. But oh. big and slim about big and slim. People were talking smack about you guys in the show. And somehow my name was dragged in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, and I, I, that night after the show, I was the whole time drinking. I was hanging with Ricky because Ricky came there to support yeah, we us. We brought him on stage. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, bro, like, he's my boy. Like, I support that guy as he supports me. That's always how it was always. Shout out to my boy, Needy Greedy. Always. That's always up, has boy? been sub Ricky, mm-hmm. you know? So I was with him the whole time and we were just going back and forth talking about, you know, about the set, about asking me some questions like, what do you think about this and that? And I'm like, and we were just having a conversation. We were just having fun drinking. And I was with uh with the other the other the other people that were around that area, you know. And then when Jello Claw was about to pop out, everybody went in the backstage area. And then I remember this is funny. I remember that Ricky, Slim, and Angel were just started to do a mosh pit inside the fucking <laughs> backstage. Oh <my> <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. That was that was that, that was a highlight of my life. Bro, it's like I see Ricky. I was like, I never thought Ricky was was gonna go with it, but Ricky, it was the one who started. It's like mm-hmm. started pushing Slim, Slim push Angel, Angel push Ricky, and everybody's just going on mm-hmm. a freaking <laughs> backstage with backstage. the people. We're like no space, yeah. no space. Uh, the people that were backstage were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> And I was like, uh, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to get kicked <laughs> out. Come on. <laughs> Dude, that, that that show was crazy. Yeah. But yeah, man, I think uh, I think that was my favorite show uh, that we played, I guess, energy wise still. Energy even though it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And to touch back on the people talking shit about us, to be honest, bro, everybody else. Right, Let them fuck. know. They can talk as much shit as they want. And it's all good, man. I got. I love you. How about that? You can talk all the shit you want about me. All I'm gonna say is I love you. And I mean, and I ain't gonna say nothing else. But we good. Hey, hey, we're grown now, right? That was when we were kids. We don't want to wake up the beast or nothing. Nah. Um. But yeah, man, that show was dope. <laughs> that show was really dope. That show was dope, bro. I mean, it, it's. It, I didn't had as much fun as I wish I could have it to be my first show ever. I was definitely looking forward to it because like, fuck me. It was my first fucking show in the whole thing. 
it outside of Puerto Rico. But overall, I can say, you know, it's not my best, but I can say it's like it's my it's not my worst either. Mm -hmm. after, after that, after that, I feel like any other show that I did on myself is like I have better times. Yes. But I didn't play that, that much. I didn't play that much because mm, most of the times they give me shitty hours. Like seriously, yeah. like the best ones was probably the I can I can give you by name. Bear Grylls show. I remember that. At the heart. At heart. That was my I that. that was my favorite and best because I play a full set. No, no cutting me off. No nothing. No, you know, I can't play this or that. Like, no, no, I play myself and I enjoy it and I hype the people. And the second one was opening for Adventure Club with back to back with Needy Greedy. Nice. That was nice. like my two memorable ones. Borgor show. I guess that was my last show. I wouldn't say it's my best one, but it was like the one that like I finished strong. And then with a note, mm -hmm. say like, you know, this is my last show. I don't know when it's the next time, you know, fuck it, you know? Right. Again, I guess I keep going back to points that we made before, but I, I guess it, it, it solidifies more of the comment that to look back, right? Like when I see Big and Slim in those days where we were just getting booked in like the small ass city, mm -hmm. three clubs, and you got booked maybe once or twice a month, you're in rotation with all the other local Uh, DJs that were on and, and, and you have to just work your way up and, you know, to just where we're at now, I mean, we played festivals, we go headline our own shows in other States. And like, you know, to be honest, it feels good to do things like that, no matter how big the crowd is or how dope the, the venue is or, or what, or what state you're going to, like, that's all, that's all bullshit, man. Because like, just to appreciate that somebody believed in you enough to, to book you in their state and then, to have the people that you've never met or seen before at a show just to see you. I mean, dude, uh, it's uh, it's a wonderful experience to mm -hmm. just be able to look back and say, damn, we have to go through all that just to like be where we're at. And obviously we have a lot of things we want to accomplish, but you know, I guess to talk about the present um, right now, where my head is at, man, I, I really, this EP, bro, this EP, I guess probably speaks about all of those experiences, right? You know, like you can interpret it any type of way because it's general, right? But the, the way the lyrics and the way like the music sounds, I, if you're a fan of like music for real, not just headbanging because you have hard drops, but like if you really right. love music and you're, you know, like when I hear other people's music, like, I, yeah, I'll like fuck with it energetically bro but i actually sit there and i listen and i'm like man like i can tell where they were at when they wrote this shit or mm. i can tell like the type of mood they had when they wrote this because you just there's so much detail right there's so much detail right. and i think that's what we try to do here there's so much detail in like the chords and the melody and the overall um instrument selection And I'm just very excited, man. I'm very excited to, to show people, you know, not not necessarily the new Big and Slim, but at least like the older, now more mature Big and Slim. That's actually pretty dope, man. And and it, and it circles back to, you know, artist evolution, man. And your evolution, you're just involving yourself into something bigger and better, you know, something Trying that's to. meaningful, you know, something that, you know, people can click on it. People can feel what you were coming from, you know, and, and it's important, man. It's yeah. important. It's very important. And 
more and more, I tend to fuck with a lot with the melodic dubstep, man. And more and more, I, I'm always eager to try it out again and again, you know, and try to come up with that. I mean, I have a whole playlist full of chill step, melodic dubstep, shit like that, bro. Like 200 songs of old school and new school melodic dubstep, bro. So it's like, I listen to it when I feel like I want to be happy. I want to have a happy mood. I want to start the day right. I just play the playlist, put shuffle and like and listen through it, bro. And it's just like just go all in. Just go on in, man. It's just a feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And not everybody as an artist, I don't know, attempt to do that. They just I see s- more people nowadays. I see more and more people trying different shit. Like it may not always be like the melodic emotional, because some people really mad. I, I've met a lot of people in this industry. There's so many different personalities, mm. so many different cultures. That, you know, we may be emo kids, but this other dude may not be so emotional and all he wants to do is fucking, you know, dance or make people dance or just, you know, like they don't really, not that they don't care, but that's not what their passion is. Like well, some some people right now, what I'm hearing a lot is like house music's coming back. I hear yes. a lot of people starting yes. to incorporate that in their sets. And I'm so excited because, you know, I mean, our boy. Music, our boy Nitty. Oh, Nitty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, side piece. That's an awesome project. Yeah. I mean, that was an awesome project with Party Favor. Like, you know, shout out to him for doing such a, a momentum at the time to capitalize the house scene. You know, now the house is getting mm-hmm. like much more again, coming back again and having more recognition, having more house scenes. And now everybody's just like chill and dance and just list vibing with the house, you know? I love it. I, f- I love it. I, I feel like we should have something like that for for melodic dubstep. Like we should have like like a Tribecta, like a Seven Lions, like a like oh. a Elanian style. Like people like that that to make shit like that here in Miami. Like have that vibe, and you just like feel the chords out of it. You just like ah oh, yeah, like bro. And thank you for that. And I think we've been working on this for like almost two years. Really? Um, yeah. Tell me it, more about the EP, bro. Bro. So again, you know, the pandemic has been long and we just, we've been working on this for a year and a half, almost two years now. Um, you know, perfecting everything from music theory to making sure that, you know, the lyrics were written a certain way. Mm. So it's, a little more understandable because, you know, obviously sometimes we can get really personal <laughs> with the way you write shit, but we just wanted to, I don't know, man, we just wanted to go back to our old roots. You know, like mm-hmm. I grew up like a, a super metal head and I grew up listening to Asking Alexandria and, you know, those bands, obviously Linkin Park, you know, Creed. I used to love Ooh, Creed, Creed. Bro. Yeah. And like their shit is super, super deep. And, you know, and even you go a little more uh, into, I guess, where our energy comes from, because there is some surprises in this EP, um, because we didn't just want to just go all in on the melodic side. But just to give you a backstory of where our like energy comes from, like, uh, right. I, I really love Motley Crue and I, I love hair metal and I feel like that shit is so fast and in your face and it's party. And, and I feel like there's a little bit of that, too in the cp you know there's shades of that but that's it man i mean i'm really excited maybe in august it comes out i don't know we're still working still to this day we're still mixing and mastering so i'm gonna get back to a little bit like i thought you guys were good at music theory i didn't know you guys had to learn music theory i mean we've always written 
melodic styled music. Mm. We just never released it. But what I'm saying is we wanted to make sure that all our instruments were correctly together, right? So there's a lot of electronic and live, right? But what we're trying to do is incorporate live instruments and electronic instruments and mm. then to be a fusion as opposed to just have this all um, electronic, right? Like there's live guitars, there's live drums, like uh, there's live violins, like there's every there's a lot of live shit there. So just to make everything uh, blend together, right. I feel like it took some time, man, because to do it right, you have to understand a lot of things, you know, especially right. frequencies. So I guess I'm talking about engineering here. Yeah. Um, and that's something I feel like we always struggled with, right? To like get everything as clean as possible and as tight as possible. And this time we really wanted to sound, you know, good. So that took some time, a lot of tutorials, a lot of tutorials. Hey man, you're, <laughs> you're we're in the same boat. And I came from a school of engineering. Which is wild for, for me to say, like, how the fuck you don't, you're not that good at mixing and mastering? And it's like, well, to be fair, during the mixing and mastering courses, I, was, I wasn't I was paying attention. I was actually trying to craft my, my music at the time. You know, I was trying, yeah. to, you know, that, that's, you know, I was trying to do my best, but I'm not good at cleaning up vocals. That I can tell nice. you. Like, nice. and even though I don't sing, but I'm very good cleaning up vocals. And it's because I've done various vocal parts in which I have to make my vocals sound like nice and crisp, you know? And sometimes when I do remixes, like when Moldstep, shout out to Moldstep, Josh and Pat, I love so, those yeah. guys. Um, Whenever they do, you know, these remix contests or, you know, they release some of the stuff, you know, I take first cracks out of it. And I usually take um Josh's vocals and I make sure that, you know, they're nice and tight and clean and anybody can hear it. And, and it is, there's anything... People cannot take that out away from me. Like I'm very good when it comes to vocals. So like, that's what's up. That's but what's up. when it comes to a whole spectrum of mixing, uh, I still have a lot of work. And the thing is, is because my reasoning, my reasoning, if it sound good, why mess with it? James Brown said the best. He goes, if it sounds good and it feels good, right. don't fuck with it. <laughs> That's my thing. Even though there's some things that can be fits here and there, details is, that's fine. But I, my mentality is like that. If it sounds good, like, do I really need to mix it? Do I really need to master? Because if it sounds good as it is, how much more do I want to push this threshold? And when it comes yeah, to Yeah, then you, you push it too much and then it doesn't sound good yeah, anymore. Yeah, you know? And then when it comes mm -hmm. to mastering, I'm like, I never grasped the, mas the mastering technique. And I was like, you know, you know what? I'd rather send this to somebody who knows how to master a track. Uh, EDM track and they'll do it for me. It's like if I have to, you know, mm -hmm. which a lot of people, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just felt like, man, we had the time to learn and, you know, right. to really feel like we got our hands extremely dirty. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, man. I feel like, I don't know, we're in a, we're in a good spot, Bigginson. You know, we're grown up. That's Obviously, dope. we're a little, a little older now. Yeah. Uh, our priorities are a little different. Mm hmm. I mean, we're still chasing this uh, this goal, and I think that you know, slowly but surely, things are going to start looking up, which they already are. We got a show coming up here uh, uh, Friday. We're going to Minneapolis. Oh, dope! Um, to play a show, yeah. And then the month after that, um, we're going to Bismarck, which is North Dakota, uh, to play a show there. So you know, things are starting to slowly come together, and you know, 
we see the light on the other side. That feels awesome. That's dope, bro. Now I'm gonna ask you, like, when it when you're thinking of releasing the EP, are you doing a self release, or you actually got like a publisher or a distribution or a label to help you out? Okay, so we're we're self releasing, and again, man, like, there's a lot of things that that I've said. Uh, in this interview that are very controversial. Mm. And to be honest, I don't give a fuck. So, man, look, man, if you're not hype as fuck right now, bro, if you don't have a shit ton of people on your dick, um, a lot of these labels won't really fuck with you. Um, no matter how, and I've seen people that are honestly way better than us, man. Like, I mean, we're not the best in the world. I realize that there's a lot of talented people. You know, I'm not, I'm very humble. I don't, I'm not down about that ego mm. shit. Right, right, right. And somebody like that, that sounds a certain way and sounds exactly like this other person that is up there. And it's like, damn, man, like just because the person may not have like maybe the branding yet or whatever, but the music is so good. Like, how are you not going to pick it up? But you know, and, and that's my, honestly, that's my, my thing. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. Okay. Uh, you know, I feel that with an experience that we had when we were ghost producing, I'm not going to mention any names. Yeah, don't I'm worry. Not, I don't do that shit. We've, this we've, is completely, yeah, we've gone through that role. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. So we wrote a song. We tried to, to send it to a specific label. Mm. They turned it down, said that's not the direction, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretty sure our numbers weren't that good, blah, blah, blah. It, like, oh, it's funny. People. It's funny that I hear that a lot. Yeah. And then we sell it to somebody because we're like, well, we're, we're just, you know, whatever. And the, ironically, the person releases it on the label that we hit up first. A different artist, bigger following, same song, get signed. Person A, you're not that cool. Sorry, man. We don't want to release your shit. So we're going to self-release. And again, man, I'm not bitter. I mean, yes, I am. But at the end of the day, that's how I think shit works because I see it and, and experiences that Big and Slim have had. You know, and again, man, you can cut this off if Slim, you know. Uh, nah, we good. We, no, know. we good. We good, bro. Because I'm but about Slim's to. Slim's not here and I don't want to piss nobody off. Nah, but I'm nah. pretty sure Slim feels the same way. It's just that like, you know, come on, man. If you really want to make a difference, do shit on your own. You know, if you really want to mm. get things done, do it yourself. Because if you're going to stay here your whole fucking career, and I've made this mistake before, obviously, right? That's why I'm talking. I don't talk when I don't know shit. You think somebody's going to come over here and give you a golden hand and all this bullshit and just label this? Listen, man, do it yourself. Don't stop. Stop waiting around for something to happen. Because mm. let me tell you, nine times out of ten, that shit's not going to happen. You either do it yourself, you work at it hard, you polish that bitch up every day, and when it's your time to blow, it's your time to blow. So th this particular project, we're going to self-release. Uh, we really don't want to sit here and send it to a bunch of labels because to be honest, man, like if you're going to sign the music because we're popping, not because you really like the project, then whatever, man. I, I don't care how small we are, bro. Like it means a lot to us. And maybe that's an ego thing. I don't know. Some people may read that differently, nah. but we want full control of the release we're, we're getting videos for we're doing interviews like this for where we can actually you know right. we don't talk much yeah. people know us for the silly guys that are always drunk at parties mm -hmm. um but we're not those guys anymore man. you know we grew up and and we want to come back into the game with a different mentality you know we've talked about all the things in the past but now it's just it's a rebirth it's a it's an older big and slim and we just feel like Whenever we want to release music, we're going to release it and we're going to self-release. I commend you for that, bro. And I'm about to start going for that route once more again. You know, I'm going to go like because you know what, bro? 
I've sent you some songs. I've sent you some songs before. I've and, heard them. And what do you think? I like them. They're dope. And, and, and I don't know why you're waiting. These motherfucking labels, I sent it to all of them and not one of them say like, yeah, no. They ignore me and I had some artists, well-known artists, listen to it and left me on play. And I was like, dude, is my shit that bad? Like, it couldn't be that bad. And then I and then when I sent it to my homies, like Chavalo, you nitty gritty. You know, uh, what yo, they, you know what they say? It's like, what? What are you waiting for? Release it. And that's the route that you should go, man. I mean, again, bro, like I'm not starting a revolution here because, you know. No, no, because that, it, it, starting a revolution against the labels, it's a battle that you like, will never win. That's something I'm not here for. Like, I'm no. not saying I'm against them. I just feel, let's call uh, uh, an apple an apple, bro. Right. It, it is what it is. It's the truth. And whoever sees this, if you're just starting out, understand that there's ways that this industry works. Yes. Doesn't matter if you've been here five years, 10 years, there could be somebody that blows up in a year because they have the whole package. They have the branding. They have the music. They have the social media. They have the look. They have everything. And they're blessed. And you know what, man? That may not be your route. And that's okay. You know? And I don't know, I guess from previous experiences, right? Like you just, you try to mature your brain yeah. for this industry. Yeah. Because you can burn a lot of bridges if you're stupid. Hey, piggyback on what you say, bro. Something that many people don't understand. And you're saying it, Nitty Gritty have said it too. Like when he, when we were sending these music, they, we all believe that, you know, when we send music to these labels and they reject that it, it's like, oh shit, that means our shit is sucks. When reality is because they're not looking at you. They don't really care about you. They only they only start to look at you when other artists fuck with you. When other artists start to play your music. And when you got people that know some people that know some people. That's when they fuck with you. That's when they come to you and say like, oh, dope. You know, like so and so play your song. Like, yo, if you got any songs, send it over. And you're like networking, networking. Really? Yeah, really? that's where like, I feel. That's yeah. that's that's only when you you reach me out. A couple of months ago, I had that same sum. I self release it. Everybody playing this. Everybody is playing it. Now you're gonna come over. Like you couldn't come over when I asked you. You now only now because every other artist fucks with it. Every I'm gonna tell you. Uh, uh, somebody told me this, and, and obviously everybody has heard this a million times. But it, it takes that one time when you're in the right state of mind where somebody tells you something and you just understand it. Your network is your network. And mm. I think that's real in the industry where people judge you by who's supporting you. Right now. And again, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's just, it's really hard, man. But at the same time, like I, I keep saying this over and over in this fucking interview, bro. Like just keep going, bro. Like yeah. there's going to be shit that's going to happen. You're not going to like it. So what? I mean, bitch about it if you want to. The smart way, keep it to yourself. You can swallow it. And just keep moving. Mm -hmm. Just keep moving. Because honestly, man, you're you're going to grow eventually. If you if you really about this shit, you're gonna grow into the artist that you were meant to be. That's a great piece of advice, bro. That's amazing, bro. And take it from us, guys, for our, our listeners, take it from us because we're talking about shit that we go on a daily basis and we have gone through this shit and we see this shit on a regular basis. It's not that it has happened to big ones. It's not that it happens to me once or twice. It's not that it happened to Nitty Gritty once. No, it goes to everybody. This is how the industry works, unfortunately, you know? And something that brought my attention just recently, a homie that 
that was telling me because he actually uh, saw uh, apparently a an Instagram story from Carnage. And my boy was telling me, he's like, yo, is this really true? What he was saying about the industry? And I'm like, what do you mean? Uh, uh, what do you say? What do, what do you say? What do you say? And he was like, no, that the industry is all about, you know, money and kissing asses. I'm like, mm, yes and no. Bro. Can, can I, I, I? I agree. I mean, again, bro. I can I, I cannot the, disagree. Because, <laughs> because like, to be politically correct, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, deal with it. It is what it is. If it's that way, you can either bitch about it and be a little sad boy and, you know, hate yourself, or you can be like, all right, this is what it is. And I'm going to, you know, get to work. But I, I, yeah, man. So what it is, I think it's true. I think it's true. I mean, it, it, I mean, dude, there's it's, so many, so many talented people yeah, that overlooked. Yeah. Man. It's just crazy yeah, to me. Yeah. Like. It's insane how many talented people are there, bro. Like, if I have to give props to somebody, I'll have to give it to Excision when he released Subsidy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. He's, he's helped us a lot, to be honest. Because, bro, I've only w one person out of that whole compilation of Subsidia, and that was my boy, Shoku. Shout out to him. He's from L.A. He came over here along with Motstep. That my boy was in that compilation. I was so happy and proud of him because he made actually made it. But that was the only person I know. The rest of the compilations, I've never heard of any of these people. Yeah, yeah. He is doing an amazing job. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm a testimony of that. He is doing such a good job at giving back to the scene, right? Giving back to producers and mm. and DJs everywhere. That hey, I'm going to give you a platform. I don't care what your size is because. There's all different right. artists on there from the thousands and thousands to the low hundreds to the single digits. Like, you know, that goes to show you that us artists, if we feel a certain way, once we make it somewhere, right, we can make a difference in, in other producers' lives, you know, to support them. That it, it, It's not only about you, right? Like you have a responsibility as an artist to share, right? To share your experiences and share your position, man, because you can change their life and you don't, mm -hmm. they don't have to go through all the hardship that you went through. So, you know, Excision, I know Riot Tens opening a label. There's a lot of these artists that are so tired of, you know, the, the, the bigger labels and how they do things. They're like, man, I don't give a fuck about your numbers, bro. If your shit is dope, we're going to release it. And again, like I said before, we already talked about the ugly shit. Let's talk about the, the good shit that people Absolutely, are doing right bro. now. You know what I'm saying? The, there's a lot of bigger artists out there that are looking out for artists, you know, smaller artists like that. Hey, another uh, prime example is Disciple Records. Maybe people don't don't see it through, but Disciple has been one of those labels that with their artists that's always there for the community. You know, they always go there and rock with the community. They help out. I mean, they do uh, crazy shit. They do contests to you know make sure everybody's participate, you know. They, they, bro, they even, they have a YouTube channel in which they give out free presets, free in-depth analysis of their unreleased song or of their released songs, you know? I like, didn't know that. That's dope. Like, tell me how many other labels or other artists do that? Like, Disciple, let's say Virtual Riot. Hey, guys, I'm Virtual Wait, Riot. That? That's ran by, uh, uh, you know, like, Swamp Planet, Virtual Riot. I can't remember right now. I'm uh, sorry. It's, if I, Disciple's if I run by Myro and um, Dutch from Dutch and Fusky. And then... Wait, the 12 that's, Planet, not that's not... Wait, hold on. Wait, wait, so, wait. No. Disciple, that's Disciple. And then the round table is run by 12 Planet. 
Yes. Okay. Sorry, I fucked that up. Okay. No, 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 no you're good. You're good. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it like they oh as long as I know them, like they're always they're they they make you feel like you're part of the family. You know, they they always with the people with the fans. They they rock with them. They go take pictures. They go you know help people out. They give advice to people. They good tell people. people like good people. How many people you see that? It's very few. And they got their YouTube channel that basically like tells you like, yo, this is a secret. This is how I make this song that's being released on Disciple. I, this is the thought process. This is what I did. This is how I created the serum. You, you can download below the serum patch for free and you can fuck with it very much. Um, Figure did something like that too with Disciple. Oh yeah, Figure. Yeah, we have a song with him. Yeah. He's a really nice guy to work with. Yeah. Um, Hi. I haven't talked to you in a while. If you see this, hello. Hey, figure um, shout out to you. You know, you're yeah, one he, of my inspirations too. You know, he's sick. He's sick. Yeah, man. I, I think that that's honestly a good thing in this industry. I feel like us artists, like we're starting to be more available for each other. You don't have to, like Harnett said, you know, suck. You know what? To to like get to where you want to get to. You know, more so. Um, I'm starting to see. You know, I, I let. For, here's what I foresee. How about that? Let, okay. let me put that in that okay. way. I think for the next couple of months, you know, all the the really big guys, you know, are going to do their thing because obviously they put in the work and they have, you know, the movement to do so. Mm. But I feel like you know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for smaller artists to really like present themselves because, um, you know, social media has just like forget about it bro like yeah. it, it's everything like tiktok and and youtube and you know just every outlet that there is right now for you to like be artists because especially nowadays like you know we've talked about what it what it takes to make it you kind of have to be an entertainer as well yeah. right so you're not just an artist like you're you're an entertainer because people like you know at this point they want to know about you right like if they fuck with your music now they want to know well, are you a good person like what type of shit are you into like mm -hmm. are you fucking do you like ketchup or you like mustard do you like them together like you know this, it, it, like for example like the rock like i i, I follow his instagram yeah i'm a huge fan i i loved wrestling growing up dwayne so, like, johnson all about the you yeah. baby all about the you and and i feel like he's really like at least the pioneer of of of, of huge artists letting you into his life and and really showing you what he's about and i feel like a lot of people are starting to do that like look at this like i mean to be honest with you like biggest sim two years ago i'd fucking i want to do an interview like this i i wouldn't be comfortable enough to to say what i want to say because you know obviously you don't want to piss anybody off right but then once you're so comfortable with yourself you're like this is who i am this is me exactly. i feel like saying yellow i'm gonna say yellow you know so again social media and, and again that goes on to a negative social media has given somebody uh you know with negative mind the ability to saying negative things about certain people mm -hmm. and you know that's just the world we live in but for the most part i think right I, I, social media is everything so yeah. if, if that's another checklist that you that you want to write down from this interview social media is huge i agree bro. Huge. having a social media presence actually unfortunately it helps you promote more your brand your music you know because it's not like I was before, before we had social media that all we do is just release music and we know the numbers will be good. And that's like, no, now times have changed. Everything's digital. Now you need to do a heavy marketing on social media. You got to go do, well, not, not so crazy shit. No, but you know, you got to be present. You got to, you have it would to help. Be, well, no. 
crazy shit helps. <laughs> I know a lot of people that have, have blown up because of crazy shit, you know? I mean, I would have never <laughs> recommend it, but yeah, it, it's, I don't know why, but it works. It, it, it gravitates people. I don't know why, but it does. Hey, some people, different stroke for different folks. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah. If I were to do some jackass shit, all right. On 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 our Instagram or our TikTok, I guarantee that our music is gonna get a lot of plays. Now, do I want to do some <laughs> jackass shit? I don't know, bro. <laughs> oh, bro. But it would help. Bro, I I will I'm too old for the jackass shit, bro. Like that was like, a, bro. The other day I was playing paintball with my cousins, and I basically trip and I scar my knee. You were fucked the rest of the day, bro. I was fucked the rest of the day. I was like, bro, I'm not gonna ruin the day for everybody. Like, no, give me, let me water it down. Let me put some water, clean the dirt. All right, you got bandage. All right, bet. Slap that bandage right there. All right, let's go. Let's play. <laughs> After that, I was like, all right, okay, I ripped my pants. Great. I got to throw them away. When I went to take a shower, I went to take a look at the at my injury. I actually scarred myself. Like, it was pretty Jesus. deep. And I was like, things that when you ow. were younger, you were like, ah, oh, whatever. Who gives yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I was like, ah, uh, ouch. Ow. Ow. <laughs> fuck. Ow. And I couldn't walk for a week or so properly. That's oh, how because, you know you're getting old. That's because my adrenaline was so up my ass that day. That I, once I cooled down, I started to feel the pain, like the real pain. I was like, oh, my God, bro. What the fuck? So for me, it's my lower back. Like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, bro. Dude. All the day. <laughs> every day. Bro. Like, sometimes I have to sit on the floor and I'm like, okay, hold up, dude. Let me just fucking reset here, man. Bro, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> the other, I, yeah. Dude. The other day, I just moved my pillow to the side. And all of a sudden, my back just went like, Puh. I was like, ow. I didn't even lift anything heavy. It just went, ow. Yeah, dude. Bro, I had to have crazy. I have to have a biofreeze with me on my back every day, every time I go to work. Every day, I need to have a biofreeze. Oh because at any given time, any random moment, I can just move bread. Ow, my back. Like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> Yeah, we're not uh, we're not young bucks anymore, man. That's 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 where you start to realize, bro, when your body, you know, and I feel like, you know, uh, people our age, like if anything, we got to take fitness and health uh, a little more serious. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's get away from music. Let's talk about being a man. I don't know. I feel like it, it's very important for the next couple of years when you're in your in your early 30s. Yeah. To really take care of yourself because you're going to hate yourself at 40 and 50 if you did it. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, now as we speak, you know, the pandemic, who didn't fucking eat a shit pan and gain a lot of weight? You know, if you didn't, good for you. If you did, I feel you. I gained a shit ton of weight because I wasn't doing nothing but making music and playing Call of Duty, you know? Dope. <laughs> Dope. Yo, Warzone. That's good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was good. But yeah, man, health, bro, health. Uh, and now that we're going to start playing shows, I want to start, you know, really taking my health serious because, you know, I don't want to wake up one day when we got to play a show and my back is fucked. And then what am I going to go up there with a fucking cane, dude? It's yeah, fucking. No. no, bro. Like, and we're, and, and that's a thing, bro. I feel like we're still too young to be even experiencing this type of shit. Like, I feel like by the time we're 40 or 50 is, you know, when we should experience this shit, not this early, this early, early, you know? I think these are warning signs. I don't think, mm. I think they'll go away if we change our lifestyle. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you decide right now, hey, you know what, bro? I'm going to eat better. Shit, dude, I've been eating really good for the past, you know, two and a half weeks since I found out we we're playing this show. I'm like, bro, I got to, like, at least get my body, you know, oiled. Um, And even then, man, like, eating differently, right? I'm, I haven't been heavily exercising, but just eating clean, staying away from carbs, not, not having any sugar. Yeah. Man, I have a shit ton of energy now, bro. Like, you know, as big as I am, I still feel like I can get a lot done. You know, when I was eating like, like a, however I wanted to, like you feel like shit, man. So I guess health, health is very important. Health is very important for everybody, especially when you're going to start doing that whole touring life. Yeah, you need to take care of yourself because most of the time when you're when you're going to these touring life and shows, all you do is just go sit down in the airport, wait for your turn to the airplane, bunch of hours in the airplane, sitting down. Then go to the taxi or Uber, whatever transportation, and then you go to the hotel and then you, you go to the show and the show is the only time which you give out all your energy. All that time that you're sitting down and you haven't stretched your your body or anything, that's bad, you know, because that Dude. can actually mess up your, your whole body, your back or your legs, anything. Trust me, I know. Everybody, we haven't gone on a big tour yet, right? But everybody loves to say, man, I can't wait till I go on tour. Yes, the glam is awesome, right? The huge crowds, the, the traveling. But man, when you have to catch those early ass flights, And when you have to like, you know, because we play like a three show, a three show weekend before about a couple of times. That shit sucks. Because you literally have to like, if not, you're going to pay an arm and a leg for flights because they're not cheap. You know, you, yeah. you're, you're going to basically spend your whole DJ fee playing for flights. If you if you want to live like a king, we're not there yet. You have to take those cheap flights and those cheap flights suck. And I feel again, you know, if you want to start playing shows at, at, at a certain level, man, I feel like health is super important because. Right. What you're saying is 100% right. Like we've gone from a Thursday to a Friday and we like in between we we got off of the stage at 2:30 and then we had to fly. It was a red eye flight and then we played that show and then Saturday morning we had to already be in another city and you're never caught up on sleep because you're like constantly moving and, and traveling and going here and going there. And then you come home and you're fucking exhausted. And then you got to go to work. <laughs> you know, for those for those people who don't got it like that, you got to go to work Monday through whatever it is that that you work. So, yeah, man, uh, I guess we're, we're, what I'm trying to say is uh, for all us homies that are listening to this that are in your early 30s, man, let's fucking, if you're not already doing it, let's take care of ourselves, bro. Yeah, bro, it's time to take vitamins. Um, start yeah, you to, take care You start eating well right mm -hmm. you know you don't have to necessarily uh, like not eat carbs anymore but cut down the low amount of carbs you know let's just say mm -hmm. eat carbs once a day and that's it you know you don't go over that or and exercise a little bit you know do, do a little little power walk for 30 minutes or a little mm -hmm. jogging or or like you know simple stuff to get get your body active you know so it doesn't feel like it's the whole time feel like it's not all stretched out, you know, because that's how 100%. You, that's how you avoid um these certain accidents, you know, accidents. And I think uh, mental health has a lot to do with that, too. Mm. I don't think I know, especially, you know, for me personally, like my mental health for the past couple of years has been like deteriorating because yeah. of me not really taking care of myself. Right. So I feel like that also plays along with the two you know unfortunately we've had a lot of struggles with bigger artists that you know are no longer with us that have right. 
you know, we've lost them to depression and things like that. So, I mean, that's another thing. Like, if you're really going to do this again, bro, I, it's almost like I'm trying to give people like my mistakes, you know, that Slim and I have made, right? Like, dude, literally take care of yourself and your yeah. body and, and your mind is going to be okay. You know? Yeah. It's hard though. It's hard. No, yeah, bro. Like it's it's something good to raise awareness about mental health because not everybody takes, you know, in consideration that this is something that might happen in your future endeavors when you're starting to come up with um as an up and coming. You know, like you need to take care of that shit before shit, you know, hits it's the fan. Same. Yeah. yeah. How do you okay, deal with it, bro? How do I deal with it? I don't know. Sometimes sometimes something works, sometimes mm. they don't. What I've learned now, man, is I, I do a lot of self-reflection, okay. right? And that's, I do a lot dope. of, yeah, I do a lot of forgiving. Mm. You know, again, now when you're in your early 30s, I guess you start to think about life and you start to think about different things. And mm. and this is the other half of your life, right? So like, mm. am I, do I want to, who do I want to be in the next five years? Like, that's what I constantly ask myself nowadays. Uh, you know, before, I, I guess I, I just live life to live it. But like now it's very important for me to have a clear picture. And it keeps me sane when I have a routine, right? Like uh, especially a self-care routine, like, you know, whether it's waking up in the morning, fucking like brushing my beard and making sure that like I'm not losing myself because that's that's something big and in, in, in depression, right? Like you don't realize it, but you start to self-sabotage. You know, your appearance goes to shit. You don't dress the same. You start stop hanging out with people. And, you know, that's the worst thing you can do. So, you know, do what you have to do mentally, right? Because you need to give yourself a moment to grieve whatever situation you're going through. I'm not saying, I tell my girlfriend I'm a robot all the time. Hmm. Um, but that's because I used to care too much, right? So what helps me right now is to care enough and not care more where it starts affecting, you know, mm. my peace. Right. Right. Like when you have a problem with certain people, you know, like I like to do a lot of, I like to handle things right there. Right. I don't like for shit to build up yeah. communication, man. I think yeah. communication is huge. Yeah. Like just telling people how you feel, the people around you, your support group, Yeah. And and just, you know, worrying about you, not what anybody else is doing. I, I think that's that's the main thing that I do nowadays. I'm not looking around like I'm literally just in the mirror. Yeah, all the time. yeah you're you're by yourself, you know, you're doing your thing. You know, you could care less what's happening around around your surroundings. You know, bad shit is happening. It's like I'm 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 in my lane, man. I'm in my yeah. lane. Yeah, no, bro. That's actually a good thing, a way to do it. One of the things I do find that's very helpful yes self-reflection is actually pretty good bro i do that most mostly three times a week after mm -hmm. i get out of work i put in my headphones and i take a little power walk for 30 to an hour and i self-reflect myself i listen to music and then i'm just I what just can i do better huh you basically tell yourself what can i do better what can i do better um what happened this week Hmm, how has this affected me? Look at all the good things that has happened to me. Look all the all the stuff that I have built up up to now. This is so cool. What's happening in my direction? Where am I taking myself? You know, all that. Like, I got so much shit that I, I just go around my head and I just like let it out. Let it out. You know, you know, that's and keep that's how clean. I reflect myself, you know, keep myself clean. And then Another another thing that I like to do, I like to do little hobbies, you know, stuff that I know that gener makes you happy, makes you happy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, for example, I like building Gundams. The okay, robot that's toss. cool. 
I don't I, have the patience for that, bro. No, no, like, yeah. No, no, three, yeah. You need to have oh a God. high level of patience about it. Even fuck I get that, frustrated. Bro. Even three I pieces in and I'm like, bro, fuck this shit. I'm gonna buy it. I'm no, like, yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm I'm in the same I'm in the same boat. I was like, I hate myself <laughs> building this shit. I'm like, oh my god, this is just like but then but when it but I feel like I've, once I finish, it's like, man, look at the end result. Like, I built it. Like, I did that, bro. Like, look how sick it is. I'm so proud of it. I feel it's like that validation, you know, that it's gratification that is like a, 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 a sense of achievement that I I did this, you know, I did it, you know. And then I will never, I'll never build anything again until the next 12 months, you know, and then I'll come back. It's like, all right, let's build another one, you know. So, <laughs> Um, another fan playing video games, you know, spending time with my girl, Man, you know, with that's my toxic family. For me. You know, playing video games is probably like something that really is toxic for me because really I will toxic. Fall, I will fall into this fucking games and like play them for hours and hours and I'll be addicted to just playing video games all the time. So I mean, again, for, for a person like me, I have a very addicted personality and video games is something I fucking love. So uh, that's another thing I'm doing differently. I'm playing less video games, doing more productive mm. shit. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, usually, I don't play multiplayer at all. Like I do. That's how that's how I keep myself in bay. Because I remember a time in which I did play video games a lot, and it was and when I was the whole time in multiplayer's. Yeah, that's actually very addictive. You know, <laughs> that's not. And then obviously, if you're playing with headphones or you're playing with people. Well, you, know, you know, f bonds are dropping left and right. You know, you're just talking shit. The whole yeah, time. you're just talking shit all the time. So yeah. I keep myself playing video games to myself to pleasure myself. When it, you know, only to myself. I'm, I don't. I stop playing online. Like any video game that I buy is first player campaigns. You know, like Skyrim and shit. We talked about that. Like Skyrim, bro. Like Assassin's Creed. Like the bro, Resident Evil. Like, I'll lose a whole day, you know, uh, uh, just playing Skyrim, bro. Oh, and then bro. like, dude, it's there's, there's, I, I, that game. I've had so many hate. hours, so many hours of dedication with that game, bro. Like I, I, it was a ridiculous like when I when I look back, I was like, God damn, I spent that much hours on that game. That game alone, even though I beat the main story. Nope. There's so <laughs> many shit to do left. You got to do all the side quests. Yeah, you got to do all the side quests. But, you know, you know, stuff like that, like the Final Fantasies and that like I, I find myself enjoyful because I'm very campaign driven. Like I enjoy the story. Like, I want to see the story. If the story is good. Oh, I'm 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 in. I'm all in. GTA, bro. GTA always has the best story. Yeah, for me, bro. It's that. So it's it's stuff like like. that. So it's stuff like that that it gets me happy. You know, um, playing Yu-Gi-Oh cards, bro. Like, it makes me happy. And I'm proud to say, like, I'm a geek about it. Like, I have no shame about it. It's like, I'm. I I never got into it. I never got into it, man. Like Pokemon and and fucking Yu-Gi-Oh and like. Magic anime, like shit. yeah. Well, magic I like, but more spiritual shit that I probably right. won't talk about right now. But I never got into all that, dude, because I was very deep into like sports and and, mm, and all that. Right. So like growing up, it was all about like football and like you know baseball and basketball and and just going outside and playing and doing all that. So that was that type of kid. So I I I wanted to be interested in it, but I I never got around to like. You know, actually knowing enough to enjoy it. I mean, I was influenced a little bit of here and a little bit of there. And then somehow I managed to administer all those things in, you know, in the appropriate times. Like 
I watch anime every every Sunday. I watch anime, like new shows of nice. of a of a show that I like. I watch every Sunday. That's my dough. Fridays and Saturdays usually is with my girl, or I'm watching, you know, sports. Oh yeah, Saturdays is college day for me. You know, like I'm I want to watch all the college sports on um, football. You know, and Sundays, uh, eh, I rather watch Monday Night Football because it's like it's more hyped out. You know, but it's bad, bro. I'm sports all the time. UFC, boxing. Um, I don't mind shit, watching but, it. I just, I'm not but, as religiously like you are, you know? The fight tomorrow, you know about Mayweather and uh, oh, Logan yeah, Paul? That, yeah, 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 yeah. Who do you think going to win? Mayweather. Obviously. Mayweather? What the fuck, bro? If anybody tells me otherwise that Logan Paul has a shot on Mayweather, you are smoking crack, bro. Because Mayweather is the, is the number one, number one defensive Boxer in all boxing history, bro. Like, if there's anybody who knows how to fucking box, it's Mayweather. And you may criticize it. I criticize it all the time because all he does is run all around. But it's yo, but he got hit by Shane Mosley that almost knocked his ass out. Hey, bro, that? he got hit by fucking Koto. Oh, Koto, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> that uppercut. The uppercut, bro. Like he, Koto mm-hmm. almost had him. Like but, you know, who almost had him too, De La Hoya. De La Hoya too. I mean, yeah. but I know his strategy, bro. His strategy is very counteractive. Points. Like he's he's more about you know shh, shh, defense, defense, defense. Let me tie you up. Let me tie you up. Let me tie you up. By the time it's the six, seven, eight round, that's it. Now we go. But this, now we see, go. It's about the money. Like Logan Paul has a, a great following. So does yeah, his brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whether it's controversial or not like i personally i don't like them all that much but i know they're playing the bad character because people love to hate bad guys yeah and i feel like they're the perfect villains in boxing right now like you know tyrone woodley's gonna fight jake paul now they're the perfect villains and they're capitalizing their you know their following yeah to make some money because who doesn't like boxing or who doesn't like fighting period bro like there's been around it's, since it's, the, it's a, the fortune, it's a yeah it's human nature at its best like human nature whether you want to you want to admit it or not but you like to watch fighting i mean mm-hmm. how many times have we watched people taking videos of people fighting in the streets you know like what a star <laughs> world star like <laughs> it may be unfortunate and maybe it is but we still enjoy it. We still like, oh, shit, that guy, not the, fuck, the out. fuck out. Like, we laugh yeah. about it. We talk about it, you know? But you got to admit, those guys are smart. Those the Paul brothers, bro, they're going to make no, so no, much they, You know, I, I may hate them, but they know how to make money. They know how to how to make market and promote. Yeah, they know how to make sure you're talking about them, you know, whether it's positive or negative way. They know how you they stay relevant in the industry. You know, that's wow. And I got to give it to them. You know, they know how to do it, bro. They do. And you know who used to be like that? I mean, I think the the godfather of all of that, obviously, in like the most cockiest way is Muhammad Ali. Oh, like he was. Oh, yeah. Dude, there was nobody like him back in the day. He said what he wanted. He went against, you know, the government. He he stood up for what he wanted. He, he had no filter. He talked shit about every person yeah. that he was going to fight. Legend. And yeah, the legend. Somebody who's not like that, who just put his head down and knocked everybody out was fucking Mike Tyson. <laughs> you hey, know? After Muhammad Ali came along, Mike Tyson. And he's a quiet assassin until like the end of the career, he started just going ham. But Dude, of all time, I think Mike Tyson is probably like my favorite boxer of all time. Mm. Hands down, hands down. I guess I'll take a lot of 
pride that my favorite boxer is between Tito Trinidad and Cotto. Okay, but that's because you're Boricua, of course. Of course, of course. But I mean, look how much uh, Trinidad and Cotto has accomplished that not many Puerto Rican boxers have ever accomplished, you know? Like, those guys went against the heavy hitters. They had the opportunity to put a name out there and say, like, I went against Mayweather. I went against De La Hoya. I went against this. I went against that. You know, like those are my favorite. And obviously coming from a small island of Puerto Rico, like, you know, why not? Why not? I feel like Cotto lost a lot of years of his prime after that fight with Margarito with the whole uh, plaster oh. that Margarito had and beat the dog shit out of yeah, Cotto that, for yeah, 10 rounds. Yeah, fucking Margarito had destroyed it. Yeah, that fucked up cheater. And I'm happy that the rematch happened and Cotto oh, beat the, not the fuck out He broke out his yeah. orbital ball. Yeah. For those who don't know about boxing so there was some dude uh mexican dude before he fought he got plaster which turns into like a cast and he went and fought this dude and just fucking destroyed his face yeah and 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 then they caught him before the fight with shane mosley and shane mosley beat the fucking dog shit yeah out of him. and they caught him that fight and it says like oh what the hell is this bro like what mm-hmm. the fuck i'm is still here this? yeah what the fuck is this bro and then koto I, I remember when Cotto was doing that promotion. Bro, he went face to face to Margarito. The HBO special. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> like, he tell one of his boys, yo, bring me the iPad. Hold on. What the fuck is this, huh? Hey, Margarito's like, oh, what is that? What is that? That's nothing. That's nothing. It's like only a disgraced boxer does this shit. And I'm going to show you on the, on the next match that I'm going to show you. This is how real bots it is. Like, oh, you, you, I'm going to beat you down again just like the first time. He's like, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Matt's going to make goals. beating oh. his fucking ass, bro. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Dude, honestly, I think boxing, I mean, obviously, I love football, basketball. I love all the Miami teams. But there's something about boxing as a kid. Maybe my uncle, shout out to my uncle, man. Yeah. My uncle would love boxing, but I fell in love with the science of it. You know, like I obviously I like watching people get knocked out, bro. But the the science of boxing and again, back to Mayweather, he is so technical, bro. Like he is the if you want to see perfection, Mayweather does everything right. Mm -hmm. So I don't think uh, I don't think this Paul kid has a chance. Never, bro. Like he weighed in 39 pounds heavier than uh, Mayweather today. I saw that earlier. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I really don't care. You, he could be bigger than Mayweather. It's like, say what do you want to say. You're not going to dominate the number one boxer in the world, undefeated, of undefeated time. of all times. Bro, if, if McGregor, at least for the five rounds that McGregor was fighting excellently, if he couldn't land a clean shot, you're going to think you, you're a kid, bro. You're 25 years old. You're young. You got a nice body, bro. But something you don't have is experience and you're going to get, tomorrow that's what i'm saying mcgregor a fighter a true fighter couldn't withstand with fucking mayweather they he'll tire your ass out yeah he he'll make you think for the first three rounds that you kind of got him and he'll just apply that pressure bro yeah and you just every boxer even fucking when pacquiao fought him man it's he knows how to drain your yeah. energy bro. yeah that's that's what i'm talking about about mayweather knows how to tire you out that's why he's he plays defensively all the time. Plays mm-hmm. it because he knows that the key to all this is that I need to tire you out. I need to see if you can last all all twelve rounds and shit. That's why he knocks your ass out. When he knocked out Ricky Hatton, 
in the seventh round. You remember oh, that shit? Oh, yeah, I remember, bro. <laughs> Ooh, I'm telling you, bro, that's his strategy. I know too much about boxing. I'll talk shit. I'll talk shit about boxing all day, bro. I love me some boxing. Yeah, boxing is dope, bro. I always enjoy all the pay-per-view boxings, you know? Those are, those are those are the cool times, man. So we're going to go a little bit about this little technical, you know, expertise or a little advice area questions. You know, one of the first things you say, writer's block. Do you believe it or not? And if so, what do you do with it? Do you go out and, you know, do other shit or do you stay and produce? So... To answer that question properly, yeah, everybody has writer's block. I don't necessarily. I'm a homebody. Like I, I'm not. I don't like necessarily going out a lot. Like I mean, I go out to shows and support the homies and shit. But I'm not really big on going out. I like to stay at home, watch movies with my girl. Dope. But when it comes to writing music, I feel I try to capitalize on my moods. Mm. So like whether I got in an argument with somebody or whether I'm feeling like shit about a certain person or I start thinking about my past and, you know, everybody, you know, when you just wake up with that, that pit in your stomach, I try to go right to the computer and just fuck around with the piano and and, and Mm. see what I'm feeling. And, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But like, I feel like if you try at least an hour every day Mm -hmm. and and for the, for five days, let's say, if you, if you sit there and you produce for, for five days straight, I guarantee you're right. A song a day it's just you know some people i feel like they give up too easily you know like they'll sit there and like the first couple of melodies won't stick or that sound design wasn't right or that drop felt whatever but i mean like you just it wasn't you have to accept that that was that day you didn't have and i think it's okay so i don't really have writer's block i just tell myself it's not the day to write music that's pretty dope that's actually a good way explanation about it now, circling back to the sound design part, do you believe that sound designing is a a luxury or a necessity? Necessity. Yeah. Can you elaborate more? Yeah, it's a necessity. A sound design is a necessity because it, it you don't want to sound like everybody else, mm. right? So you talked about presets and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, we were guilty of the somatic shit. Yeah. You know, but again, you start, everybody can point that out. Oh, that sounds like some somatic shit or that sounds like some virtual riot shit, like free packs like that. And then to avoid any of that shit, you know, you start to understand what sound designing really is, right? You know, like the manipulation of all the automations and how they work together and, and like trying to hear that shit in your head and then making music with shit that you designed from scratch. I mean, I'm not trying to say that it's wrong if you use presets because, you know, I've been guilty of that before. But I feel like if you really want to push that envelope and, and have like, for example, somebody who does this geniusly a sudden death, like. You listen to one of his songs and you know exactly who it is with your eyes. Yeah. You know, um, Trampa does it too. Trampa too. Trampa has that. Um, there's so many, so many dope I ass mean, dudes. Snails with the vomit step. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Fred, one of one of my close homies. Hey, so shout out, bro. Yeah, I agree with you, bro. Like it's it's truly a necessity for you to sound design because a lot of people feel like you know. I said this so many times. Serum like the all one B one, and that's what how they consider it because it's so easy to learn. And they say like, "Oh, I made this sound, you know, Ben, I slap it to the drop." And I'm like, "Do you really made it? I mean, yeah. How much time did you effort? Like, oh, like an hour or so? You can like, hear it. You can hear it. You can hear it on any design. You can tell. I mean, yeah, you can you tell can that tell. if you work. Yeah, you yeah, you can tell it and. 
And obviously, I always tell them, it's like, how long did it took you to do this? It's like, oh, you know, like an hour or two. It's like, oh, really? That's funny hey, man, because, it takes, because it takes me like five to ten hours to sound this like one drop. Yo, but to be honest, sometimes, like Slim will tell you, bro, mm. you'll just be there for like 15 minutes. And sometimes it just clicks, man. Sometimes you're you're just, you're, you get the right wavetable and you get the filter looking right and you got your oscillators exactly how you like them you know you you what i mean by knowing your own sound you kind of have your own preset like when you're sound yeah. designing you, you go to your you go to your home and then you just design from there you go to where you're yeah that's how that's how i started to do with uh one of my words is like i actually went let's see which track had a lot of success out of it man this track had a lot of success i'm gonna go start fucking around with this sound and then i start fucking around with this and i start evolve it and then I start evolving it. And then before you know it, I sh- I send you that that metal set track and you're like, holy shit. Oh, I just, and I was like, you didn't know that it came from a, a sound that I originally ca- created a few songs ago that I released it on dubset.net. And it's all because I decided to fuck with it and I know I mess around with it and I messed around even more. And now I can do even more with that shit. And there's a, like another thought process that I know that I now go with sound designing is that now I just don't I just go so much I just I resample the sound so many times to a point like I destroy it I destroy it to the point like you didn't know where this original sound came from and now it sounds fucking insane you know yeah whether you use serum or sample as long as you're manipulating the fuck out of that sound it's yours yes exactly you know I, I, I samples are cool it's just like, it's hard to control sometimes, you know? Um, so, you know, as far as like out of flow wise. Yeah. Um, but so it's easier to just kind of like use that as like a, a starting point. Like if you're writing a drop or whatever. Right. You know, like we like to just like have have the rhythm and, and then going in and, and doing the, the designing and shit like that. So you can at least enjoy yourself. I agree, bro. I mean, it's a starting point, you know, you know, start with this and see how far you can take it. You know, don't just mm-hmm. end, don't just like satisfy yourself with what you got or right away. It's like try to push the envelope a little bit. See how far you can go until you see like, OK, OK, it's already far enough. You know, like I already fucked too much. Like, let's just go back. All right. Right. There is perfect. You know, mm-hmm. because, hey, you want to sound different than the others. Right. You got to figure out with some weird gnarly sounds that does that stands out. From the rest that doesn't make somebody you sound who think, like the somebody who i think is doing that right now who's like you know really upcoming right now is somebody named swarm, swarm uh, i, I have heard of him yeah he he's dope shout out to him uh he's a good dude um but he's somebody that's a perfect example of you hear one of his songs and you know that's him that's dope bro i mean take it from us guys sound designing is a necessity for us you know like it's a must you need to learn how to stand yourself out from the rest, you know, because and there's tutorials, man. It's no excuse. So exactly. much out there. Exactly. And use those tutorials as your reference. Like, all right, if they I'm did it like that, it. do something different around that. It's the, instead of, you know, using this oscillator, change the base of the oscillator and then reverse right. it and do some wild faces. Experiment. That's all about. Just reverse engineering. Um, if you want, whoever listening, if you guys yeah. want to research that up, that really helped me understand yes. how to sound design. Reverse yes. engineer. Yes. It's very good, bro. I'm telling you. Just reverse engineer some of these sounds and learn how they made it to like that. And, you know, it's going to give you the best results. And then from there on, now you know how they did it. Now you can actually 
manipulate it to, to your yourself. style, yeah. to your make it yours, and make it yours. And then this is your way to go. And now you can just do sons the way you want to go. You know. Before I forget, mm. uh, I'm a part of the Bearded Remnants. Uh, this is uh, the Miami chapter. Boom. Um, we do a lot of work in the community. Um, you know, from from helping re remodel schools to you know, helping mm. uh, children, physical and mental disabilities, uh, you, you, you name it, we do it. Uh, so huge shout out to, to them boys. Shout out. Man, well, just all around the world. Beer villains all oh, around the world. Oh, so my boys. Oh, bro. Shout out. We're going to leave the uh, link of the script in the description down below so people can join in and see if they want to get com. There you go, yeah. bro. There you go. So we're going to wrap this up with three more questions and we can end this right now. What has been your greatest accomplishment up to now? Doesn't have to be music. It could be in general, overall. Maturity. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, everything that I put my mind to, you know, music, relationships, video games, whatever, I try to do it my best uh, to my ability. Like I always give it my all no matter what. But something that I'm really proud of is my maturity so many reasons why we won't get into that today but just the way i, I process things now i'm really proud of the man i've become so yeah aside from all that yeah that's what i'm mostly uh that's good to hear proud bro. of that's yeah. good to hear man so right now what are you currently doing and what are you hoping to accomplish well like we talked about the ep i want to get more involved the community mm -hmm. right i want to not be a motivational speaker because I'm not Tony Robbins. <laughs> you know, like I'm nothing near that genius. But I mean, I, I, I definitely, you know, I, I understand a lot of people follow us on social media. I just want to reach out to people, right? You know, and then give them an example that you can make a million mistakes and you can fix them. You just got to put your mind to it. Again, man, I, it's a, a lot of the shit that I'm saying, like to some people, it's like, but, but to, to me right now, like just, growing as a person is so important to me you know it's more important to me than music so i, I would i would love to sit here and say some cheesy ass shit right oh right. i want to be this and music and that no man to be honest man i just want to be a better person that's, it. that's dope bro that's dope man one last thing man let's just say that let's just say a spaceship lands in front of you and some aliens come over to you man and they say yo big we need you. We need help to fight some wars, man. You're the only person that can help us, man. The little kid in me would say, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the person I am today would be like, all right, so what am I going to get? <laughs> like, I'm about to go fight your war. But I mean, like, but, the, but they say, but they say, but they say, <laughs> man, yo, 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 if you help us, we're going to help you with whatever you need in that. So please help us come over. And you're like, all right, bet. But before you leave, they say, before you leave, just in case if you don't return, leave a piece of paper and write down free advice that you give to someone. What would those advice be? Number one, don't grow too fast. Mm. Um, number two, love yourself. And number three, don't be scared. Those would be the three things that I would like to leave behind. Um, because those three things are have been my biggest weakness. And ever since I have overcome them, my life has become so much better. Dope. I'm spiritual nowadays, man. 
I'm, I'm a little it. hippie, bro. I'm all about, you know, peace now. Let's go, bro. <laughs> I love it, bro. Thank you very, very much for coming into the show, bro. It's Thank a- you for having me, man. No. I appreciate you so much. No, bro. I appreciate you. It's an honor and privilege to have you on my show, man. Thank you for coming in, brother. Before we leave, plug yourself out. Let the people know where they can find you and let us know what's the next big thing that's happening. Uh, you can find us at Big and Slim, uh, pretty much any social media. The real Big and Slim on Twitter. We have a TikTok. Look at us. We have some funny shit. Big and Slim as well. If you want to send us some tunes, some email uh, that you can send this shit to is Big and Slim official at gmail.com. And look out for the Forever EP coming soon. Ooh. There you go, been guys. Great, man. There you go. This was amazing. This was fun. Thank you, Big and Slim. Thank you, Chris, bro. I appreciate for you coming over. And thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Low Wolf Podcast. Yo, we got to do this again with Andres. Absolutely. Is Absolutely. <laughs> Fucking Andres is coming over, bro. Next time, let's go, bro. Let's have, a, have a more intimate conversation with all three of us here. For sure, we're going to have Andres here, bro. You guys are going to be here, a recurring guests. Absolutely, bro. Love it. Absolutely. So, guys, comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experience. And if you guys got something that you want us to cover, you got a specific topic that you want me to cover, you want big slim to cover it please let us know on the comments down below so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one Deuces.